episode 66 of Cherokee Rewind here is getting ready to roll out. I'm Mick. Thanks for hanging out. And well, this time around, we're going to go. I remember this guy. He's probably one of the few guys that I remembered him from the first time I met him to this very day. And I don't know why. I, I mean, he was probably the one of the more quieter. Um, he was a crap disturber when he was on the ice. But away from the ice, he was probably one of the more laid-back, quiet guys. And his name is Nick Basarab. And if I, the reason that it's he stuck out for me as far as remembering him is Bass is because you came from a. I mean, I know you. It was suburban Cincinnati, but it was still. I never heard of a hockey player back then. A hockey player from Kentucky, and <laughs> it was uh, if I remember correctly, it was Erlanger, wasn't it? Kentucky that you were from. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't, and, and again, I don't cheat. I don't look it up online. I try to do this from memory. So, well, now, Nick, I've, I've got some defense to play here for my Cincinnati, uh, for my Cincinnati locals. I got lots of love, Toledo. Um, but uh, man, I'm delighted to be here, man. I've, I've listened to a number of these. It's, uh, it's a fantastic thing to do. Well, and thank it's, you. Uh, it's a great trip down memory lane, and uh, you should be awarded every award on this. It's, it's cool. <laughs> well, thank you're you. very kind. Well, let me. Uh... I always try to remember the jersey number you wore, and for some reason, if I remember, was it number three you wore? No, 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 not, not three. I could, I wouldn't be caught dead in that number. That's retail number. So I was four and fourteen. First year I was fourteen, and then I was four. Oh, okay, all right. Well, hey, I was no well one minus four is three. So what do I know? Anyway, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit here, Bass, about um, about your time. Uh, first off, uh, again, what is a kid from Kentucky doing playing hockey? I mean, tell me about uh, when you first started playing. What got you into the game? Man, when I grew up, my dad, my dad was from Northern Alberta, you know, a couple hours away from uh, Edmonton. So he he moved down to Cincinnati um, to go to college and met my mom. And we both went to the University of Cincinnati, and then uh, my mother's family lived in Florence, Kentucky, or not Florence. Was there a team that you rooted for, whether it be NHL or ECHL? Or? Yeah, so it was. I was an Edmonton fan. You know, that was the SCA Gretzky days, of course. Everything was uh, doing well then. And my brother was, so my dad and mom moved back to Calgary. My brother's four years older than me. He was born in Calgary when he lived up there for a few years. And so he was a Calgary fan. I was the Edmonton fan. And nobody in Kentucky knew that, you know, other than hockey players knew <laughs> where those cities were. So we had, uh, all the time growing up, we had, he had his Calgary clothes on and I was wearing my Edmonton clothes on and we were fighting each other with sticks. Man, I, I'm surprised you guys didn't like, uh, you know, draw bloodshed, you know, fighting each other with that. Because for most wow. folks, most folks that don't might not know it, Edmonton and Calgary, that's kind of like Michigan, Ohio State. 
you 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 just grow up not liking the other team. Uh, yeah, that's the way it was for sure. So <laughs> it was uh, it was great. It was uh, good times and uh, playing hockey. It was growing up. It just taught me so many things, and it was just that's all we did. You know, that's all we knew growing up doing it. So every every you know on the weekend we'd be climbing over the boards here in the ice rink at six in the morning, and and uh, sitting there was cocaine heaters on our feet trying to stay warm. Yeah, nothing, long, nothing quite like the smell of propane, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm sorry, they were kerosene. Same, same, same difference. I was gonna say, man, man, you smell enough of that of that kerosene, and it, it'll, you'll think it's propane. But anyway, yeah, absolutely. So now, I mean, I guess, you know, you had one outdoor rink there, but I mean, really, uh, overall, even if you include Cincinnati. There weren't a ton of sheets of ice for kids to play at. Um, I mean, well, we had so we, we um, so when I first started, yeah, we had North Kentucky, and then we had um, the Michigan Bowl, and then we had uh, Northlands in Cincinnati, and then there was another outdoor rink up in Hamilton, Ohio, up near University of Miami, Ohio, and from there it was Dayton or Athens or Indianapolis, you know. And, and the great one was Troy when we used to go play up in the old Hobart Arena. Right, I don't know if you yeah. been there, but uh, that's a that's just an awesome old barn. Yeah, Hob uh, Hobart Arena. Uh, yep, the Troy Bruins, if I remember. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then uh, yeah, we had uh, we had Cincinnati Curse in Gardens. Gardens was a, a classic place that we just uh, they just demoed a couple of years ago, so that was sad to see. Yep. But, uh, yeah, we had a couple of sheets, and then we opened up a new, uh, couple of new rings in uh, North Kentucky, just down the road from us, after the Ice Bowl closed. And then uh, Cincinnati opened up Sports Cross, and they had a couple more sheets there. So, yeah. but I got a lot of defense here to put up for, uh, for uh, you know, Northland. So I played that <laughs> trash talk a few times here on that. And I grew up there too, so I played in North Kentucky until I was a Pee Wee, and then went up to Cincinnati and played. Well, when there's uh, nothing else, I, I can understand it, but. I, I'm sorry. I mean, when you're sitting, okay, where's my broadcast position? Is it? I didn't expect a gondola or anything like Maple Leaf Gardens, and I didn't expect it to be some, you know, high profile or high end, uh, you know, uh, broadcast booth. No, but I mean, when I had to sit ringside at a, on a picnic table, <clears throat> uh, just just saying. Well, the dangerous thing is you had to help hold up some of the glass there, and uh. That's true. You speak truth there, Nick. <clears throat> oh, I, I, yeah, we had the corner. We had the corner. You know, we were, you know young kid playing up there. They had the, the corner. Uh, and they locked her in. You either had about 20 feet and it was three foot wide in the bathroom. Or you had a corner uh, where they just put a brick wall up to close it off and couldn't see. But there was no roof. You know, so it was still 50 degrees in there. Getting dressed all the time. So. They also had the bed sheets up there too. Uh, they had they put a cloister a cloister across and did uh, the they had the they put up they would hang a bed sheet over it. And you slip uh, behind the bed yeah, sheet. Yeah, I think we didn't have to go out there and scrape scrape the snow off the ice, you know. Well, there is that. Yeah, I remember one time we tried to push we had a bunch of twelve year olds in North Kentucky we were trying to push the Zamboni off the ice, but we didn't really budget, so we just had to play around it one day. 
But you, you know what the funny part is? That actually happened in Toledo once. One of uh, the one of the uh, the Zamboni, the Zamboni they used. It was the original Zamboni from our big arena here, our old arena, the Toledo Sports Arena. And yeah. it was, I mean, to say it was old, that's being gentle and kind. Um, but uh, what I remember, what was funny about it was, it was during a game, one of our games, I think it was like in the, either I don't know, it was in the first intermission or in the second intermission, they were trying to resurface the ice. And the uh, Zamboni, for some reasons, it stalled. And it, it had issues. So it was like, okay, well, they were going to push it and get and try to move it down the ice and get it off the ice well in the process the wheel one of the front wheels literally rusted off it fell off <laughs> and i felt i mean looking back on it, it was hilarious but i know that uh the guys that ran the arena uh you know uh lee, lee ekman donnie manders and those guys and sap was still with us back then uh, they, oh my God, I, I, they, they probably were spitting nails. They were so mad. But that thing, it was hilarious, man. The thing just did, they put, uh, they used some sort of long, heavy, uh, or some big metal bar, and they jammed it in there to be the front right wheel and, and to lift it. And they had to limp it all the way down. And it wasn't like it was near the, you know, where you go, where you drive off, off the ice. It was at the other end. Yeah, so you know, so they had to they had to limp it all the way down the ice, and oh my God, that is still to this day probably one of the. It wasn't funny, and if you ask them, they would tell you it was disgusting. But it was probably one of the funniest things I ever seen in my life on a hockey rink. <laughs> I think it's just a good story to go along with it, awesome. Yeah, that's and that, that's what makes this game so great is the stories. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's why I do this. So um, now for you, uh, how old were you when you first started playing organized? Four or five, you know, was, uh, Adams, whatever, many Adams, many nights, whatever. You know, I remember the first couple of practices. My dad was coaching a high school team. And so it was the beginning of the season and we were supposed to get out and our friend, you know, a good friend of mine, dad, or, or our family was coaching, you know, coaching up kids and I was, too shy to go out on the ice with them. So I, I wouldn't go on the ice for the first couple of practices. And, uh, but I would go out with my band team, all the high school kids, right afterwards. Huh. So about, uh, after about the third or so practice of not going out with those guys, I, uh, you know, I got out with them and just started playing after that. So it was, yeah, four or five years old. Huh, okay. So now, uh, so who, you said your, now did your dad coach you when, at that age, or who was your coach? No, uh, it was uh, Kaffman, Eric Kaffman, or Gary Kaffman. Uh, so, Kaffman's are uh, actually, Eric is uh, coaching high school team coming up this year in Northern Kentucky, and uh, I played with them up to coach in PE. Um, but yeah, his dad was a uh, coach of ours early on. Okay. And uh, just great. We guys were one of the best coaches I've ever had at good times, and we used to go over and play shitty and in the driveway afterwards too or all weekend long you know okay. so. nothing wrong with that so um yeah so now uh where did you go after that where did you i mean when you start doing getting serious about house league yeah so well i think um 
just a second i want to stay focused first though on uh did you ever uh you went peewee i mean that had to be pretty cool just with the idea that you went to another state to play i mean didn't i mean i know it was only like 15 minutes but still it had to feel like it was cool it was like a road trip oh yeah it was uh say the thing that's the cool thing about that sport but also you know the idea that it kind of makes uh the area smaller it makes it a smaller world when you get uh when you get familiarized with it and you also get to you know know make some friends and know them and realize that uh you know oh yeah they're just over in cincinnati or they're over from uh you know wherever hamilton or indy or wherever but uh just the idea that it just kind of makes it smaller so it makes it doesn't seem like the great divide, you know, across the Ohio River. Yeah, no, and that was uh, that was the cool thing about my dad coaching the high school team. Man, uh, we used to travel to Athens, we used to, I used to, so I would go everywhere I could, with them, you know, because you know, the high school team they only have like six or seven kids sometimes, or eight of them that were able to go out, out to games, right? It wasn't like the big, you know, fifteen player teams like it is now or anything like that, or even a long time ago. But they had. Arena, you know, and uh, that was fun, man. Just 
that was the coolest thing. Okay. So now, uh, did you, as you got older, did you play any high school or did you play travel? No. So as I, they had a couple high school teams, like Moeller, um, um, LaSalle had a team. There was just a few in Cincinnati and they weren't quite that competitive. Pretty new and a couple other teams were good. I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from them, but you know, the competitive side was still in the leagues and the travel leagues. Okay. So where, who did you play with in travel? Like in Bantam or Midget? Oh, like, so we played for, uh, you know, we were Cyclones, we were the Mohawks, um, some of the guys that we played with. Yeah, I mean, just uh, in general, that, yeah. If you, if, were there yeah. any guys that you played with back then, as, at, whether it was in Midgets or at Bantam or, where, or even Pee Wee, uh, that you would see later on in your junior experience? You know, not a lot. Okay, so I played with a couple older guys. I played against a few older guys, too, that ended up started playing with the, um, with the Cobras when they first started, too. So, Hewitt and uh, Lazarowski and uh, Ron Barnett and the guys from Athens, and I ended up going to school down there, getting good friends with him. He was, uh, he was, one, of the, he was one of the disturbers at... Uh, <laughs> So you play. You played. Uh, you pretty much played all of your travel right there in Cincinnati. And I guess my next question is: is what what changed uh, as far as uh, you? I mean, they the, they just got a, a team there at that time for the Central States Hockey League for juniors, and you end up in Toledo. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, that's a good point on, yeah. They had started off that team, and it had just kind of started, and I was just great. It was my senior year, you know, last year, finishing up high school. Um, double A Nuggets. And I had just, I always had a desire to get out and go places, right? So, you know, I was either going to go to Colorado or go travel and, and find something to do, right? Yep. Um, so, I really just, part of it was that it didn't appear to me just to stay in Cincinnati. And nothing against it, but I had to go. I had to go do something and travel. And so, you know, I the year before I had done some uh, done some junior camps and everything like that. Up in uh, uh, went to Montana, went to Butte, went to Lincoln, uh, Omaha, went to uh, just a few more in Detroit, um, St. Louis. So I, I did the I did the rounds. Mm-hmm. And really got exposed to it, and then started really hearing about some of the good teams and, and playing with some of the guys that like, Zach Fernandez who we played with in Toledo at the Butte trial, and just knew about them having a great team, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of like, well, I could have sat there and played in Cincinnati, and you know, nothing wrong with that, but I really wanted to expand and go try to be, get on one of the best teams I could. You know, and then, of course, we'd get out of town a little bit, too, and that was a blast. I mean, I had a, that was part of the experience, was just going away. I didn't want to go home and, and, you know, play hockey at home for a year, you know, so. Well, well, well okay, then, that, let me ask you then. 
I mean, because your dad was, uh, he was the GM, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, Cincinnati. Did he put any, uh, uh, not pressure, but did he want you to go to Cincinnati and play with the Cobras? Well, he didn't talk to me for about six months. No, I'm just joking. No, 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 no. No, no, he didn't pressure me at all. He wanted to be a part of it. He thought it was interesting and cool, and he wanted to kind of get some interest in it with the other coaches that we had. Um, Frenchie was a, a coach that I had, and it was just, it was the time. It was time for it. Cincinnati was getting to be good, good hockey. That was the next step was getting uh, getting the team there, and it just kind of came together for him to, to do it. He wanted to be part of it. He enjoyed it. He liked, you know, the experience of hockey and wanted to continue it, too. So, yeah, it was helpful, helpful in getting the team there. And, um, yeah, no, he never, he never pressured me to stay there or anything like that. Um. It was all good entertainment, and it was fun. You know, it wasn't any animosity either way. Well, good. Um, now, um, so you come to you? Did you go to the Toledo tryout? Yes. And what was that like? That was a that was a, it was a good time. It was a blast. I was kind of like, you know I had known they had a great team, great team the years before, and I was nervous. You know, I went. Uh, I had gotten a call from Ludwig. Uh, I think I met him. I met him in the St. Louis tryout, and I talked to him, and he kind of talked, and he said, "Yeah, come on up here." So I had actually, I guess, I gotten a mail. I'm sorry, I got a mail that they, they actually did get my rights, and so I was like, "Wow, that's pretty cool." And then, uh, yeah, I went to the tryout, and that was a. It was cool. It was uh, it was intense. It was serious, and it was exactly where I wanted to be. And I didn't do anything special, but. You know, they only liked me and made the team, and I was happy. Oh, that's awesome. Now, uh, when you, I mean, did you, when you, outside of Zach, was there anybody else that you knew when you went into the locker room at all, or when you first started? Nope. Uh, I didn't know anybody up there. Okay. So did you, was it a, did you have to do anything? Like, I mean, did you have to do a fair share of scrapping or anything like that when you were in there? Uh, I don't think I got in any scraps there. I was, you know, I try to defend my stuff with my stick as much as I can or, um, for that, but, you know, I never, uh, I always made it, I always was entertaining to me. I always used my stick as much as I could, but no, I didn't have to, uh, I didn't really get to blast anybody or, uh, or try to get my face pounded in from anybody there because that was, we did not, you know, when I grew up, we didn't play, we didn't fight in high school. It just wasn't, it just wasn't that kind of game, so. I wasn't about to kind of jump in the tussle with anybody who I didn't know. That's for sure. Okay, so you you start you go in that first season in in Toledo. Um, when you first uh, lined up, do you remember who your line mates were? Ah oh, man, I was trying to look at that. I can't. No, it's hard to say. Um, I played with. Uh, I don't know. I played with quite a few. I mean, you played with. Ben, yeah, I played with Ben quite a bit. Oh, man, you're grilling me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know me. I'm Mr. Hard-Hitting. Uh, yeah, I know, uh, man. Jeez. Dane, Ben. Uh, I'm trying to yeah. remember who else was at that era. That was... Um, yeah, Larry was a centerman. He was, he was just a... Is that Willard or Brian? Ship. Larry Bryan was a rocket ship. Yeah. That dude had a decent amount. Quite a bit. Who's that? Um, 
Brandon Meisner. Oh, Meisner, yeah. He is yeah. another disturber, crap disturber. He would just go into the corners. And, I mean, now the guy was literally like five foot nothing. And would and he, he played like he was 6'5". He would go in there and just, he would just stir it up. He'd get everyone ticked off at him, and he didn't care. He just played, oh, yeah. he just played big, you know. He played way above his size, and uh, yeah. he was he was like a fire plug, man. Oh, you, yeah. you you yeah. you threw everything at him, and he you, you bounced off him. You know these players would <laughs> bounce off him because you thought you know because he's only like five four at the at the most, and you figure you could just crush him. And that people guys would go in there and try and wax him, and it, it, they just would go flying because they couldn't knock him off his feet. Oh yeah, he was he was strong, man. And I, I'm not gonna talk anything about his height, man. He's probably got a couple inches off me tonight too. Well, so. eh, okay, so you know, you guys could have a dunking contest. Who can dunk over who? But right. I mean, but no, I'll tell you a good story. We had uh, I think it was the second year we had practice. It was uh, just a practice one of Wednesday night practice event. Me and him decided to uh, switch cages. Uh, we switched some equipment in the locker room, right? So you, know, you put your face mask on, and you wouldn't believe, you know, it's the face mask that people are used to seeing, right? Yeah. So we switched face masks, switched shoulder pads, and switched pants, you know, just enough to, to make it look, in numbers, of course, and, and just enough to make it look like I was him and he was me. We've been around for about 15 minutes on the ice. And people were like, what? What? Like taking triple takes. And you, got, you know, we came in line. So wow. <laughs> he would go down and miss a net and try to be me. And I'd go down and try to be him and try to dangle between my foot. You know, and he'd do this little, he always had some, I mean, he had some good skills. He had way better stochastic skills than me. So he'd go down and do some between leg stuff. So I would, <laughs> I was going down on the ice doing that. And I just, I intentionally made myself mess it up as quick as I could. Right. And, Omi was standing there at the at the center ice, and he knows what the lift was like. Meisner, I didn't I didn't look over to him. He's like, Meis, get over here! So he yells at me to get over there, and he comes and he's yelling. I just kept a big grin on my face. I just couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> and he's like, what? Wait a minute, what? Uh, yeah, what are no. you doing? So he uh, started laughing too. It was funny. It was weird. But, uh, yeah, but me and Meis had some good times, man. It was, uh, Oh man, yeah. No, I'm trying to remember who else played back then in that year, those two years. Uh, I think didn't uh, Jeppy play? Jeff Jepson? Yep, Jeppy. Yes, sir. He was a he was a beast too. Yep, he was a he yeah, could yeah. play. He could play. Uh, oh, yeah. And then of course oh. the the uh, that was uh, was Rado with you guys back then? No. No, we had, uh, so we had Rico Day, we had Darlis. Oh, Darlis, good old uh, Dotus. Uh, uh, you know, Paul Guthrie, Jordan Levy, Johnny Holtz, Gardner. Oh, yeah. Donal Kolak. Ian Soldano. He was uh, about six foot ten. <laughs> yeah, he was a big boy. He was, and he, had, he was, he was, he was yeah, he was slender, but he was, I mean, he was mean. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I mean, on the ice, on the ice, he was mean. He was a great guy, but on oh, the yeah, ice, he he had a mean streak in him. And uh, of course, I figured all the all that time living in Maine, I'd probably have a mean streak too. But <laughs> but, but uh, seriously though, I mean, he was just he was a he was one of those. He had all the tools. He was uh, 
he put the power in power forward. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, so, yeah. I mean, but... Uh, Bono, and, I saw him a couple of years later. We went over to play in, uh, in Austria for the World University game. So, okay. me and Bobby Mays and me and Bono played for USA in uh, 2005 over in Austria. Man, that was a good time, too. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's funny. So I, I remember Bobby playing over there. there. So, Bono went there and scared him. Yeah, that's the thing. I remember, I remember Bobby playing over there, but I didn't know that Ian played over there. Yeah. Wow. That goofball never told me. Anyway. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, it's uh, you know, I mean, that's awesome. I think anytime you can do that World University Games, I mean, that's a great experience. You know, it gives you a, t- a taste of the of the international game. It gives you a little bit of a taste of what it, you know going outside your normal wheelhouse and playing, you know, in, in a, a, in a high stakes, a high, you know, pressure situation like that. That's pretty cool. It was, it was the coolest thing. Probably one of the best experiences in my life for sure. It was, in, it was intense. And, uh, you know, we got, we got it all off our shoulders and, uh, the first game, cause we go in there and it's, you know, 12,000 people were to kick off, you know, we were the host, you know, we played Austria, so it was a kickoff event for the whole for the whole uh, games, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, we got a lot of our shores because we lost eight to one within the first game, so it worked out. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's just it's weird. But, you know what? We had some games that we almost made the medal round. We came back and we were three three. But we lost and uh, we couldn't make the medal round and made you know, uh, goal differentials. So we had a blast, man. That was an experience. That's I was going to say, I'd, I'm, I'd be interested to hear if there are any stories off the ice that you'd be able to tell. <laughs> <clears throat> he's, he's laughing too much. No. That tells me no. <laughs> no uh, so, Donna, like you said, I, I love Bill Sedano's story because everywhere we go, everybody's kind of, you know, they get Americans come over there, right? And they have, uh, All the Americans talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? So sure. we go over there and they say, don't mention Arnold Schwarzenegger. For God's sake, nobody wants to hear about that. I'm kidding, right? So, of course, we're at, uh, after one of the games and we're at all the, they had like the one restaurant bar, big bar really, that hosted everything and we go down there. And of course, you hear Ian Sedano's Austrian <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger voice come out and then you hear somebody say it, you look up and it's a tall guy in the room anyway. So, okay, well, we're all safe. Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna throw him out. So we're good. <laughs> God, that is funny. Oh man, but uh, so I mean, it's was there. I mean, how did you get recruited for that? Uh we just had a. Uh, it was a in in Colony uh, um, ACHA. They had a tryout in the summer. Well, at, at the end of the season to go to and uh, the year before. So we. Went to the tryouts and um, man, I just kind of picked it. Kind of same thing as uh, anything else, man. Yeah, their their um, coach was from Illinois, and uh, yeah, it was good. You know, it was uh, it was just with sixty guys at camp too, tried out, and ended up making it. So that's awesome. So now, um, uh, I guess let's get back to Toledo here first. We got plenty of time to go through all of this, but. Um, so you're in Toledo. Do you remember anything about your first game in the Cherokee uniform? Were you we nervous? We had a game, and so Guthrie, Guthrie's a storyteller, man. That's what I'm talking about. But we had a game up in uh, uh, or up in uh, Ontario 
and you know, hockey game might have gone where we had a, a couple fights on the ice, <laughs> you know, a, a line brawl on the ice, and then sure enough, that ends, and there's a line brawl, or not a line brawl, but a couple people fighting underneath <laughs> back in the uh, corridors, which is like across the ice, so nobody could do anything about it. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was a battle. Um, man, I can't remember our first TC game, but you know my memory's a little fuzzy sometimes on that. But I've got a lot of videos that we get to go back and watch, man. That's for sure. Oh, okay. Now, uh, do you remember your first goal? Oh no, 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 no. I remember maybe my first penalty. I don't know, but no. Uh... <laughs> that's, that's funny. For some reason, guys guys that are uh, chippy players that are are more uh, role players types. Uh, they're more physical. They remember things like penalties and stuff. But you ask them, you would think if they weren't uh, if they weren't fifty goal scores, you would think they'd remember the goals since they aren't they weren't as many as you know like a like a Larry Willard or a Larry Bryan. But hey, you know what? It, it they remember them penalties like nothing. But, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No. Nah, you remember, remember the locker room, remember the, you know, fun times we had, man, that's for sure. Well, that's uh, a good thing. No. Yeah, an education, man, and it was good. We were, like, 19 and that, I think, first year. It was going to be, oh, uh, yeah, but it would be hard to get to that 20. Like, yep, sure was. <laughs> um, no. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a great team, man. It was, that's all over the place, too. Yep. Yeah, there was, uh, I was going to say, because, um, like I said, I, I try to I throw out names, but that's because they're kind of in that era. I just can't remember which years. Uh, yes, but, yeah, because yeah, on yeah. on defense you had Rico Day. You mentioned him. He was that was he was with Justin Davidson, wasn't he? Yeah, him and Davy. Yeah, and then we had Bill and Al and Trolak. Yep. We had Fish back there. We had Adam Fish. Um. Pete Darlis, I don't know, was he a defenseman? Or he, yeah, he, he was a defenseman. He didn't go past the red line, I don't think. He just kind of waited until he really <laughs> just stood on the other side of the, the, the other team's bench waiting for somebody to come off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. God. I can, I can admit, I, Dotus has probably got a smile on his face if he's listening to this a mile wide. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, I mean, the other thing too, Bass, that I was thinking about too, is I'm trying to think of some of the guys up front. You know, we mentioned Jeppy. Uh, you mentioned Adam Fish, which means uh, I think did you play get to play at all with uh, uh, Ferenc Satlos? Ferenc, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we played with him for the first year for sure. So yeah, a... that dude. Oh yeah, he was... yeah, that dude was a beast. He could play. <laughs> and of course. Yeah. I... I can never think of him without. I can't say the whole thing, but I cannot think of him without thinking buckets off, and, uh, <laughs> and that 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 goes back to uh, a couple seasons prior when he was with the national championship team. That was his first year there, and they they uh, they were teaching him English. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and they 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 were really good about teaching him English, <clears throat> so yeah. to speak. Anyway, but uh, I can speak pretty good that time I was there. Mm-hmm. We had the two we had Ponty there, Ryan Ponty, Nate oh. Arthur's, Kelly Kester. Holy crap! You guys had some. You guys had like an all-star team there. 
because those were some really good players. I mean, Potsy, of course, Kelly Kester. My gosh, that dude back then, I, I never seen a guy who, I mean, as he got older, he would take that team on his shoulders. And he would yeah. literally, it was like the other team against Kelly. And that's no slam on our guys. It's just that he, that kid was so uh, amazingly talented. His problem was was that he wasn't 6'5". Yeah. If, oh, yeah. He was, uh, if he would have been 6'5", yeah, that dude would have made it to the show. Yeah. He had wheels. He had stick handling. He could shoot. Man, he was a package, that's for sure. Yep. Just the, only thing, the only thing that poor kid didn't have was he just he wasn't 6'5". He was, you yeah. know, he was, he was a short guy too, and, but he was speedy and man, that guy could just flat out play. Loved, loved watching him play. I mean, yeah. he was just, a, he was just a, he, he was worth the price of admission uh, himself. But um, so now in the locker room, who would you say was probably the, the best at pulling pranks or, or being goofballs in, in the locker room? Oh man, that would have been Ben. It would have been Jepson, it would have been Rico. I'd put Larry Bryan in there. Again, he was a guy that would pull it. Nobody would ever think about it, you know, because he he was he was a, a nice guy and but yeah, he would he would pull some stuff. He came across as real quiet and kinda nice, you know, polite. Yeah, it was too nice, right, to do anything like that, but he, he would get into it and mix it up. So did any of them pull stuff on you? Yeah. Did I'm I, sorry? I said, did any of them pull any stuff on you? Uh, man, I can't. Not in the locker room, man. Not too much, I don't think. How about on the bus or on the road in, a, in the hotel rooms? Well, we had a couple of leaners going in the hotel rooms, phone calls in the middle of the night. We have, we have, you know, you um, ordering pizza they didn't order, come down and get it, we'll pay for it. Well, no. <laughs> so we'd have a, there was a few things that went on. Good night. Um, but uh, now, did you pull any pranks on anybody? Or oh man, here let's see. Now he put me on here. Hey, Tom, I don't think I did too much. I was gonna say, Tom, uh, a nice guy. Oh, you were angelic. I know. Yeah, right. Yeah. <clears throat> you can you can fool some of the people some of the time, Bass. I know better. <laughs> But, uh, man, hazy. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get a, a group chat going to remember some of the stories. Yeah, that's true. We'll have to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of doing that sometime, just getting a group chat going and uh, do something like that. But, uh, now when you uh, played, when you played, who are some of the, uh, the, your biggest rivals as far as teams you really got your, got yourself fired up for, uh, teams you, that, uh, gave you guys a really hard time and you didn't like too well? Metro up there, top of the list. That was always a battle, always a fight. Um, let's see. You know, I, of course, like going to Cincinnati. That was a good time. Only would always give it the, the snake, you know, <laughs> so we're going to play the tool business, you know. So, you yeah. know, give me a lot of crap for that. That was fun. Uh, let's see. Who else? Who else? St. Louis was always a battle. Uh, that was great. That was fun to play there. Now, uh, 
so, uh, but you think that Metro would definitely be at the top of your list? Well, I think so. I think they were kind of a team that was always a little, a little chippy and a little bit uh, feisty, and it was always, you know, we got their number a lot of times and didn't do that. But they always, always wanted to make sure that we beat them. Now, uh, did you guys, uh, when you when you were, you know, in, regardless of first or second season, uh, how often did you, uh, I mean, did you pick, were you a penalty guy? Did you pick up a lot, have a lot of penalty minutes? No, I don't think so. You know, the, the one thing junior, ta- junior hockey taught me was how to cheat and get away with it. So, <laughs> you know, you pick up a lot of things at camp. You know, I, play, I, I played Cincinnati growing up and we were, you know, it was good, but we didn't have the really in-depth kind of, I would say, junior kind of mentality either growing up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I went to play some camps and then really learned how to, how to use a stick and you know, how to you know, slash people and get away with it. And then all of a sudden, it works pretty good in, uh, in the game. So that, was, uh, that worked out well for me, you know, for the juniors and for college. So that's, so, that's why they called you a crap disturber. But I got a lot of good, you know, I remember breaking a few sticks, so it worked out. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, so Vass, let me ask you. Um, you know, you guys go to, let me see. Trying to think, did did you guys go to uh, nationals when you were there? Yeah, um, first year or second year we went to uh, where was it up in uh, Hartford? Hartford, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, I just I remember Hartford a little bit because I uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, I basically um, th- uh, that was the year that uh, when we were there at nationals. I didn't, I've told this before in a previous podcast, I didn't stay, we didn't get to stay with the team at the, at the, in the hotel that the team was in. So I had to, uh, sometimes the bus would come get, swing by and pick us up, but there was a couple times it didn't. And I had to ride to the arena with the ownership of the Metro Jets. <laughs> yeah. Butch Wolf and his oh, wife. Oh yeah. So I just, uh, I just would. I'm sure that was a pleasant drive, right? How are you doing? How are you doing? So, I mean, they were nice to me. They, they were nice to me, and I didn't have, you know, it's like, but oh, I, and it wasn't like they did anything, you know, they themselves did anything evil or anything to me, but it was that was the year that uh, Andy Reynolds was our goaltender, one of them. And he got run by one of the players from Metro and we didn't have a backup. And Potsy had to, Ryan Potts had to fill in. And uh-huh. still one of the gutsiest moves I ever seen at that level. <laughs> that was awesome, man. Yeah, he played his best. That was uh, incredible what he pulled off there, man. He was playing great, dude. Yeah. Was, uh, I agree. I agree. Uh-huh. And, uh, but uh, that, I mean, I. Told, I mean, back then I was like, I will forever hate the Metro Jets, you know, because of that. And uh, it, it, I ended up having to get a ride from uh, from from their ownership to get to the rink. So, and they were real nice, and we as long as we got along great, as long as we didn't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it was like oh, so it's like all right, and I just kind of grinned slash gritting my teeth, but. Uh, 
you know, I mean, after that, Butch and I have always, well, Butch and I always got along. We never not got along, so we were fine. But it still was just the idea that I was still pretty hacked off about that, what happened. And oh, sure, and so, yeah. you know, it was good. It was good. You held your... It, 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 stoked, it stoked the rivalry just a little bit more, as if it needed any help. Well, he probably realized you could you know, I'm sure he was cordial. He probably realized you couldn't crush him with a, you know, a, a overhand. And he got, as soon as he got into his car, so it, I'm sure he had a good reason to be cordial. Uh-huh, yeah, as, but, soon as, uh, as soon as I left, he probably had the car sanitized, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nick, let me flip the question around for you here. All right. When did, uh, when did you start with TC? What, uh, what got you involved? Well, um, I... It was the nineteen, the ninety six, ninety seven season. I had not heard of the Cherokee, or I heard of the name. I just didn't know what it was. And a guy that was that handled, I, I think he handled like the, uh, the billeting and and some of the other stuff that uh, he was like a vice president type. His name was Rich Osterhout, and he worked in a hospital, the same one that I did. And we were friends through the hospital. I, we, it, we didn't know each other as far as like being hockey guys. And so he was telling me one day at work that, you know, his, uh, 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 that the team had a, had games that weekend and stuff. And I said, yeah, you ought to come check them out. And I'm like, all right, because, you know, I love hockey. You know, so, so I went over to Tam O'Shanner. And next thing I know, man, I'm, I'm watching warmups. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, this is awesome. You know, I've never seen yeah. hockey outside of, you know, minor league hockey. I've never been that up close watching, you know, because I, I mean, I never watched high school, never watched the little guys play. Uh, so when I went over to TAM, I watched these, uh, I watched these guys in warmups and I'm like, wow, these guys look huge. You know, even though they're, you know, younger guys, they still look really huge. Anyhow, so I went up and I was talking with them and I was up in the stands and I look over and I see uh, the owner of the team, Dr. McCarthy. He's uh, doing play-by-play into a video camera. And uh, and, and so uh, Rich told me, Osterhout tells me, you know, that they're probably trying to look for a play-by-play guy because they don't, you know, the problem was, was that Dr. McCarthy, a wonderful guy, just a fantastic human being. Um, he was an eye doctor, Absolutely. eye doctor. And anyhow, he, he well, the problem was is that he would be doing play by play into the into his microphone. But the problem was he would get so excited and caught up in the play, he would if something went wrong or he thought the referees blew a call, he'd chirp them into the microphone. <laughs> so. You know, it was like he was just a little too excited for that. So, oh, and, so man, said, good, cause Doc, you know, Doc was so composed all the time. Well, it'd be good to hear some of those, uh, <laughs> some of those sound bites. Oh, yeah. Either. I'm sure there's probably a few, but uh, more than a few. But anyway, so that's how I got started. So I started doing that then. And then, uh, you know, it, it, after that, 20 years later, you know, I, I yeah. hung them up. But it was still, it was, uh, I, I always tell people, why they go, why'd you stop after 20 years? I go, well, I aged out. <laughs> you know, you, you can only go, you can only play in this league until you're 20, you know? So <laughs> I said, I aged out. So, but, uh, you know, it was, it was just time. And, and, and I wanted to give 
you know, somebody else a chance, you know, that like the, 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 the chances, the opportunities I got because of the Cherokee, because of hockey, uh, the good Lord was good to me, man. I got so many different opportunities elsewhere because of them that opened doors for me for broadcasting, for, uh, getting to, I do, I still to this day do sports radio on the weekends, even though, you know, we screw around and act like 12 year olds. Um, I still, I still do that stuff. And it's all, it all started because of the opportunity that Dr. McCarthy, Chuck LeMay, Chris, and especially Chris Renniger, uh, gave me, you know, she, she was the one that really, when I wanted to quit, she, I could never say no to her. And, you know, when it came to wanting to, you know, move on and go do something else, I, it, I just, it was just, could I say no to Chris Reiniger and say, thank you, but it's time for me to move on. And I couldn't because she always knew the right words to say, you know, she would always say things like, I don't think you realize what kind of an impact you're having or, you know, she would say that those kind of things to, and I know she meant them. She meant them and it wasn't just lip service. And it meant the world to me hearing that from her. And that's what kept me coming back, uh, regardless of who the coaches were. I mean, I loved every single one of my coaches. I never, I mean, trying to pick who was my favorite would be like you trying to pick a favorite kid. You can't do it. You love them for different reasons, but you can't pick one over the other. It just isn't possible. So uh, you just... Yeah, so but that's all thing that you did, man. Because when we were when we were there, I mean, they didn't have video, you know, feet by feet or anything like that. So parents would listen in from out of town, and uh, you had a great, you know, you did a great thing for everybody. Well, like I said, I, it it allowed me, you know, allowed me to do what I wanted to do. But uh, I think probably the nicest thing that I heard uh, back then, at that point, um, was from Ian Soldano's parents. Uh, I think it was his dad. Um, it had sent me an email and said, you know, he goes, you know, he goes, I got to tell you, he says, I, you know, I get, you know, fired up about this stuff and everything, but he goes, I don't always get to talk to my son. He says, because he's busy doing his stuff. He says, so a lot of times when you're telling stories about, you know, about the kids and stuff, he says, it allows us to stay in touch with our son. And we really appreciate that. And, you know, I'm sitting here gobsmacked at that point because <laughs> I didn't realize that impact that I, you know, and I'm like, I'm just this goofy goofball from the wrong side of the tracks who uh, is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just this fat kid from the North End who just likes to scream like a schoolgirl and watch hockey. You know, I didn't realize, you know, all this other stuff. So, you know, I just, I, I never gave, never thought of it that way. And these guys opened my eyes. And so, you know, like I say, 20 years later, and it was just, uh, it was, uh, it was a real blessing. So, uh, but yeah, that's how I started. And that's, you know, everybody appreciated it for you. And that's how I remember. And again, that's how I remember, Nick, how I remembered you, because I, it was like, what's a kid from, because I I didn't know what Erlanger was. Uh, And it was like, I thought it could, I mean, for all I knew, it could have been down, you know, on the Tennessee border and I would have believed it, you know, but I mean, I didn't realize it was suburban Cincinnati, but it was like, Oh man, where is, you know, I never knew where Erlanger was. So it's like, what's a kid from Kentucky playing hockey, yeah. <laughs> yep, you know? And it's funny because we've got the team doctor uh, now, uh, Dan Hoffman, 
is uh, he's from originally from Kentucky. Right. Yeah, he was born, I think, I don't know if it was Erlanger. It was, I know it wasn't Covington, or it may have been Covington, but it's in that area. It's, yeah. yeah, it's right in that area, just south of Cincinnati. And he was he was born and born and raised there. And uh, but yeah, so anyway, but um, so yeah, it's it's you're 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 not alone <laughs> when it comes to uh, ho- hockey people from t- uh, in Toledo from Kentucky. Yeah, couple I guess. There's a few few hockey players over there, so that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. It's good to see an expansion. That's how it was. You know, people would come down and start up an organization, and it just kind of. Started to flourish and it turned into uh, you know a great a great thing to have down here. So well, let me ask you: when you played uh, for Toledo back then, when we when we had road games in Cincinnati, did you uh, go and get to spend time at all with your family? Yeah, I mean, I would. I would see them and we'd go out to eat and everything like that. But we wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't wouldn't go stay there or anything like that. I'd, I'd still stay with the team full time, and my parents would come to pretty much every every single game they could, you know, in Toledo or anywhere. So they'd get in the car and drive four or five hours to, you know, follow, to get to as many games as they could. They didn't go too far, you know, too many road trips, but they would go to a lot of the, even St. Louis or, you know, a lot of the Michigan games. So, okay. I was for, you know, I saw it quite a bit. It was great. It was great to be able to play in front of quite a bit. So. Okay. So now after your second year, when you finished playing for the Cherokee, uh, what went through your mind? Were you like, hey, I'm going to catch on somewhere maybe uh, in, in college? Or what I mean, what went through your mind as far as what you wanted to do after Toledo? Yeah, it was, uh, it was just time to go to school, for sure. And I it kind of a quick decision and an easy decision to uh, go down to Ohio University because we had gone there before, kind of scoped it out. And they were, it's kind of the same thing. They were coming off of championship seasons. Uh, it was a great program. It was nearby, and we had some guys, Dylan uh, Alcrowlack, Hernandez, guys that had played TC went there years before. Because um, I played with those guys one year at Toledo, and they went on to OU, and so that was uh, it. Was an easy decision. It was good hockey, you know. Very, it was, you know, and at that time there were probably twenty competitive, really competitive teams in the ACHA, and we were always a top five. Ohio University is always top five, so. It was, and then it was, like I said, it was close to family to come down and see, and it was kind of a no-brainer. You know, school was uh, known to be really good at academics, and they didn't do anything else. Everybody was book smart, studied all the time, so it was, it was good. No, we had to, no, had, OU was known for good, having a good time, for sure. And, you know, it was, <laughs> they were, it they was were. cool. We would pack that place, man. We were, that place would be packed every single weekend for every game, and, it held, you know, 2,000 people. It was filled to the brim. So it was, you know, I had a chance to potentially go play some New York teams, like senior leagues and stuff like that. But it just didn't, didn't appeal to me too much to go that far away. You know, I mean, that was going to be it, right? I mean, I was going to go have fun in college, play hockey, and you know, that was going to be the end of it. So I was, um, you know, OU was a great place to kind of, you know, Go to college, get the experience, and get an education, and uh, have fun playing hockey. Well, so now, of course, I'm not saying you're wrong because you're not. Uh, Ohio University was perpetually ranked as 
being one of the top 10 best party schools in the country. And now I'll just leave it at that. <clears throat> yeah, well, we tried to keep that up there too. We wanted to keep all the records that we could get. Sorry. Oh, so you guys did what you could to keep the, keep it, uh, yeah. keep the dream alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Randy, some guy, you know, played, um, Athens had a, Athens had a great program too. They were, uh, youth hockey program was top notch. They always had the school was always a big driver to have a good program. And I mean, Athens when I was playing in, in Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati was always such a battle. Cause I remember going down there too and I was like, man, it's these guys, man, they play like, and those, you know, I said there wasn't much fighting in, in hockey, you know, when I was growing up except for that because they always wanted to be. Yeah. <laughs> like the college team and beat us up. So, yeah, yeah, I went down there and, uh, and a few of the, the folks down there were like, yeah, we know who you are, you know. So, but uh, great people down there too, man. Now, uh, some of those guys, you know, you talk about uh, OU was kind of known back then as uh, as Cherokee South because Eastern Michigan was known back then as Cherokee North. Because they had a lot of guys that, like Bobby Mays, uh, trying to remember who else went up to Eastern. There was a number of them. Yeah. Man. Um, all together, I really went back to Pittsburgh. Um, but there was a few other guys, too, that's for sure. Yeah, with Eastern was always good. We always had some good games. I was going to say, do you remember playing when uh, they had Cherokee guys up there? And... Yeah, we would play Mays. Um, and let's see, so now I went to Weaver State, we put him out there. Um, uh, a little fuzzy, like I said, man. Yeah, but I mean, I know there, I remember one time there was a game, and it was Eastern in Ohio, and there were, between the two teams, there were 10 Cherokee alumni that played <laughs> in that game. There are 10 former Cherokee players that played in that game when it was Eastern versus Ohio U. And it was like, holy crap. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know? But, oh, man. Cherokee organization, man. Top notch, man. Yeah, that's what it's about. So, now, did you play four years at OU or? Yep. Okay. And uh, yep. what what was your, uh, what were you getting a degree in? Uh, man. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, industrial engineering is what I got. So industrial uh, technology, industrial engineering. So I didn't know what I was going to use that for, but it seemed like the seemed like the easiest of the engineering classes. But um, you know, it, fits, it always fit me. It was uh, it was more practical type work. It wasn't the mathematics side of engineering, which I never really liked too much. So I was kind of the guy that liked to get out and you know work with machines or you know or uh, whatever. I mean, it was a it was a good it was a good degree, but uh, we had more people. You know, I would say on the engineering side, we had more people that would be chewing tobacco in class than uh, than most engineering classes. <laughs> that's that's saying a lot, there, Bass. Um, yeah, I kind of shortened it up, I guess. Right? Yeah, there you go. Um, but uh, so okay, so you play four years now. Were you prepared to just hang them up after that, or? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It was. I mean, it wasn't easy. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't easy, but you no, know, it wasn't. wasn't going to go anywhere 
you know, I wasn't, uh, like I said, there's not a lot of skills for a guy who can just defend himself in the hockey stick, you know. But, uh, <laughs> no, I wasn't going anywhere, and I was like, time to move on, man. Did the next thing, so I moved out to Colorado and tried to find a job that allowed me to go camping and skiing and snowmobiling out there. So I moved into Denver with Guthrie and uh, Jordan Levy and a couple other guys, Travis Preble, a guy from um, OU. And, yeah, we uh, had a good time out there, too. We had some good hockey, uh, good hockey crew moved out that way, and, so that's where I started my career, and uh, um, yeah, enjoyed enjoyed Colorado. So it was hockey was a great thing. We played some uh, playing some men's league out there, and got into you know just assisting coaching. I had just I was always traveling quite a bit, so that was always one thing I'd like to get back into is coaching and helping out. I always got a little bit of it here and there when I could, but um, you know it's great to see. It's great to be a part of the community. So. I live down in Texas now, so there's a there's a little bit of a hockey organization down here. It's actually pretty good down here in Houston. Um, the unfortunate thing is it's so far away, so you're a good hour, hour and a half drive from some of the rinks. So, ouch. But, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, you want to play in any tournaments or anything? The closest is probably Dallas. Yeah. Oh, not easy because I was gonna say I know they've got a couple junior teams, or at least they used to, like in. Uh, uh, over in uh, Rio Grande Valley and, and uh, trying to think of where else, Amarillo, you know, out in West Texas. But uh, yeah, they've got some good, they had some good teams and some um, pro teams out there and everything too. So there's good, there's good hockey around, that's for sure. Oh, man, still, that's a, that's a long haul to to get to yeah. play a couple of teams. But I guess I guess we're spoiled here because you know you get you know you go from Toledo up into Detroit. And within an hour's drive, you've got literally just your pick of the litter as far as how many ranks, how many programs, uh, whether it's Little Caesars or Honey Baked, uh, you know, any of that stuff. You know, there's all kinds of different, uh, you know, organized hockey that you can play. And, you know, so and that's all within an hour. So let alone, you know, so let alone the, you know, house leagues or, or if you play high school or whatever, there's just a ton of opportunity. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, you know, Toledo is the center of it all. And, I mean, it's good. It's just, it was fun. It's a great organization. And uh, I just, I, I appreciate playing there with, you know, all the great coaches that we had. Man, you can't, you mold, I mean, a homie is kind of a mold of a coach, you know, from, uh, from my experience. I know there's been some other great coaches since then. So oh. I had a blast playing for him and Ludwig and, like Witten was another coach there too. Oh yeah, so, good old Wit. He's a oh, he's yeah. a piece of work, man. That, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I, there, there's someday. I'm not saying it's gonna be anytime soon, but someday uh, there, there's gonna be stories told about uh, some of the fun we used to have back then with uh, him and Luddy and and Omi. I mean, we uh, we we're, we're 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 a fun bunch. I will say that. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, it's too bad we couldn't. Uh, everybody, we always had to go to bed and you know go our separate ways. <laughs> but uh, I'll just leave that. Yeah, Wynn was the kind of guy that would teach you things, but he would he would have to whisper them all when he told you. It wasn't something he would shout out loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good, good, good. As uh, Don Cherry would say, "Good Canadian boy," you know. Yeah. So, but uh, anyway, 
So now, uh, before we wind her up here, Bass, let me ask you, uh, who would you say, who would you say probably is the person that, uh, or people that influenced you the most on the ice when it, or when it comes to the game, uh, whether it was a coach, whether it was a teammate, uh, anybody in particular that really impacted you uh, during your time playing hockey? Well, I mean, first off, I'd have to say my dad. I mean, he just taught me everything about it, and he was always the, the guy that was quiet in the stands, and he'd come off and he'd say, you're not playing too well. Or even if he was my coach, he'd say, you're not playing too well. And that, you know, how to make me get better, because that made me mad when I get mad. And, you know, as a kid, I'd get up and come out and, you know, try ten times harder and get better. And I had, uh, I had some great coaches, you know, great coaches in youth leagues. Um, guy named Frenchie, you know, Vaughn Defossé, who was uh, in Cincinnati organization hockey for 30 years, and he had the, still had the biggest liquor, the strongest French accent you could ever hear, and he was just a uh, great coach, and Mike Fairbanks, and, you know, had some, yeah, just, like, a few, all the coaches, I would say, had different uh, effect, you know, different um, things that just kind of you know, made you a little bit different or made you better each time. You know, and the Frenchie would always say, you better, you need to get better every shift. You know, and that was something that stuck with me every time. I, you know, every time I played hockey, I'm not getting better, I'm getting worse. Right? So get better every time and play better, and that kind of carries over to life too. Mm -hmm. now, now, speaking of life, who would you say probably was the person or people that had the biggest impact on you as a person away from the game? Away from the game. I, I got a few people I've worked for for quite a few years, too, now that I've uh, worked with, who are, uh, you know, president, CEOs, I guess, guys that I've seen come out, you know, I've you know, worked with them for 15 years and, you know, started kind of the same way. And, uh, Actually, these are Canadian guys too. Can work for a couple of Canadian companies, and they're all hockey players too. But you know, and then curling champion too, right? So uh, just got a couple guys. I can think of a couple guys in particular that um, I really try to follow and emulate on my professional life, and just try to uh, you know try to really be a little bit of everybody who just basically guys that don't you know want to be the best always want to be the best and always respectful and always ethical and really try to try really hard kind of kind of the way you know hockey was you're you're a beast when you're on the ice to do everything possible and you're a great piece you know good person and respectful off the ice so it's kind of that was one of the big you know lessons and everything that it's great to see when you have especially when you have sports figures that can do that kind of thing. Guys that are, you know, they want to win more than anything, right? You guys like a big man, you guys like, uh, you know, who, who would I say, you know, just Gretzky or anybody else, you know, who, Bobby Orr, right? One of the, one of the greatest guys that ever kind of, you know, you'd ever want to emulate in the world, right? Yeah. Um, beast on the ice, everybody's scared out of them and what they can do and they're just respectful and nice to everybody off the ice. Okay. Okay. Well, um, all right. Last couple of questions. Actually, uh, last question. Uh, well, first off, actually, no, two questions. First one, um, how, how's the family doing? I know you recently, not too long ago, became a dad for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, we got a uh, got married a year and a half ago. I mean, of course, you know, I'm like I'm only 27, isn't it? But, yeah. 
Yeah. A few years older than that, but um, no, just got married a year and a half ago, and I uh, got a great little uh, nine-year-old stepdaughter, and we just had a baby boy about ten months ago. So it's uh, it's awesome, man. It's the greatest thing you ever made. Hey, nothing wrong with that. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, now, are you uh, going to uh, do? You, do you see yourself uh, getting back into coaching at all? Yeah, I think so. It has to be. You know, I, I definitely want to get back into hockey. There's no doubt about it. It's just hard to get it out of your blood. So it's a uh, it's a challenge right now with where things are and where we live. But uh, up in that, but uh, once the boy gets a little bit older, I'm definitely going to introduce him to it. And uh, you know, I'm not going to force it, but you know, definitely encourage him if he wants to play. So it'll make it work. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Anyway, and all you got to do basically is when uh, he sees you sitting in front of the TV watching hockey every night, he'll he'll catch on. <laughs> uh, well, he'll we, catch. Got him, we got him a set of shitty sticks, but um, we're afraid to give it to him. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Wait, wait for the terrible twos. That's the reason they call them terrible. <laughs> anyway. But all right, so the, there you go. Helmet for him and a helmet for you, or actually, actually with the, with uh, in your case, you might need uh, shin pads. You might you might need shin pads. So anyway, no. But uh, the last thing, anything you want to say to the folks of Toledo, the Toledo fan base here that listen to this, uh, alumni, old coaches, etc. Oh man, just just thank you for everything. I mean, just. It's an amazing organization. It's always been top notch. All the folks that were associated with it were top notch. And you got the Robertson, the McCarthy's, um, and then Omi. You just got so many good people. Um, Manet's. So I'm forgetting a few, but, uh, man, it's just everybody took us in and treated us great. You know, and we stayed with some great build families too that took care of us. and I just, I just say thank you, really. I mean, and uh, it's great to see it. It helped out, and more than anybody knows, it's a, it's a pivotal time in, in life, right? When you're that age, it, you can go out and, you know, you still have, it's just great to be able to go somewhere and have a little bit of a structure and a little bit of freedom and then realize what you can do and, and to play hockey. You get the opportunity to play hockey, you know, at a, such a good level was fun and, and everything that people do on the ice and everything that coaches say on the ice has some sort of an effect off the ice right and they have an amazing effect off the ice and they, and they help out and do things the right way so great can't just like to say thank you for everybody and yourself of course obviously um, great to uh great to see it going strong that's for sure well likewise uh thanks and uh we, like I said, uh, you were always one of those guys that I always appreciated because, like I said, you were, a, you were a disturber on the ice, but I got to know you a little bit off the ice, uh, road trips and everything, and you were, always, uh, you were always just a really cool kid. You didn't try to be anything but yourself, and you were just, uh, just that's just who you were, and it was just a, you were always a good guy, and uh, I remember that very much about you, and that hasn't changed, so... Uh, I thank you for doing this here, Nick, and uh, hey, best of luck, and I'm sure we will chat again, because uh, like I said, when we get back to whatever normal's supposed to be, uh, 
we're going to do uh, we're going to try and get a reunion together where we all just kind of come back and hang out. I mean, we may do an alumni game. I don't know, but uh, big thing is to go watch a charity game and uh, and sit and have a couple of pops and just laugh our butts silly telling stories. Absolutely, man. That would be phenomenal, man. I appreciate all the kind words, and I appreciate you doing this. And uh, I look forward to it, man. It's, it's, uh, it will be a great thing to do. There's no doubt about it. I'd make it true. All righty. That sounds awesome. Well, that was uh, number 14 and 4, Nick Basarab. And I'm Mick, and uh, we thank you for hanging out with us here for Episode 66 of the Cherokee Rewind. Don't forget, you can subscribe to uh, – Cherokee Rewind, all you, whatever platform you use for MP3 files, uh, all you have to do for your podcast is to go ahead and subscribe. And every time a new episode drops, it will notify you and let you know that we've got a fresh episode of Cherokee Rewind right here for you to listen to. So for Nick, I am Mick, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.